ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So we all just love each other and we all just come together. And when we come on off the field, we telling each other what we see. I think that's the biggest thing in a running back room is having that relationship with your brothers, knowing that, you know, we all in it together. We all in it for the same same goal, same end, end, end goal. Here come the Irish. What a run! Touchdown! Play of the year for the Irish. Welcome to the Indy on NBC podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robinson. Congratulations. Notre Dame is over 500. Now, um, after that game, the Shamrock Series game at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, walking away with a victory over then number 16, BYU. Uh, now, number 19, they fell a couple spots. But a 28-20 to 20 victory. Now, if you watched the game, a couple of things should have jumped out to you. One, Michael Mayer. I mean, to understand Michael Mayer's impact right now on Notre Dame, on tight end U, if you will. Because, you know, everyone has, like, running back U, QBU, like, you know. But Notre Dame, tight end U, Michael Mayer is making his mark. So congratulations there. And the other thing that should have jumped out to you um, was Logan Diggs' performance. Almost had 100 yards. And we got a chance to talk to the sophomore running back after a huge day. And he was all smiles. And he had a lot of great nuggets. I mean, I felt I walked away inspired. So let's take a listen on what he thought about the performance against BYU in that big game and looking ahead to Stanford. Logan, I'm so stoked to have you here on the Indian NBC podcast. You know, first and foremost, congratulations. You know, big game against BYU. Let's just go back and revisit that. Uh, 17 carries, 93 yards. How did you feel about your performance? Um, I felt pretty good after the game about it, but once I, you know, went in and you know, watched film and got to talk with Coach Dillon. And, you know, I left I left a lot out there, you know. Like, I, I made some mistakes. I uh, missed a couple of my reads. But, you know, it's, it's a learning experience. But, you know, I'm still grateful to be out there, you know, playing football at the highest level. So it's a blessing. What, what was the experience like playing in such a marquee event? Because the Shamrock Series is kind of like it's kind of like a mid-year bowl game, you know. It's like you're playing in an NFL stadium and all the hoorah. You're wearing, in like, a New Jersey. Uh, how would you describe – the feeling of being a part of, of such a marquee event, you know, in the middle of the season. It's just, you know, it's, it's Notre Dame, man. You know, it's, 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 it's that energy that, that the fans bring, that this atmosphere bring, that this, this logo and this brand brings, you know, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just global. So like, I mean, it's a special game. I mean, every game for us is really a special game, you know, you know, for all my teammates, you know, we're big on fate. So it's like any chance you get out there to go out there and show the world, you know, playing God's name, you know, do it for your teammates, do it for him. You know, it's, it's just a blessing to be out there. 
when you think about your career, I mean, I know you're super young, but when, I think when you think about your career, are there any games that jump out to the forefront saying, wow, you know, that was, that was really special for me for whatever reason, you know, I grew up a fan of that team growing up or whatever it might be. Uh, I'll probably say, you said my biggest college game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was very special for you and your family. Uh, BYU was a pretty, a, a really good game for me, you know, you know, I've, me coming back out from my injury and, and all that's been going on, you know, finally able to, you know, get my opportunity to, you know, showcase what I can do. So that was really a big game for me. But I would say probably the biggest game for me probably was the Fiesta Bowl. Real, real learning experience, real humbling experience for me. And that game just kind of, you know, put that chip on my shoulder, just, you know, never get comfortable, you know. How do you respond to being humbled, you know, because you think about on this stage, it's, I mean, especially with the injury coupled with that, uh, how, how did you face that adversity? I mean, it was real, it was real tough in the beginning, but like, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my mom, you know, it's God's plan always, you know, God do everything for a reason. So if it was meant for me to, you know, him to put me through that task and put me through that trial to make me a better Logan Diggs at the end of the day, you know, I just had to look at it as, you know, pain, hard times don't last forever. So I just really attacked it and, you know, I did my own research, you know, quick as you can come back, it's four months, four to five months. So I, I worked I worked hard trying to get back to, you know, get back to this team, you know, be able to c- contribute. And it was a torn labor and at the blue goal game that we're talking about that injury, just for everyone listening. And when did you know you were clear and, re- and you could play in, in the fall? I knew I was clear at a practice. I was running and I tripped and I fell and I kind of like, caught myself in like a push-up position with my with my elbow and I was like I got up and I was like maybe I'm I I am good after all you know because I fell pretty hard but I caught myself so it was like you know it was firm it was strong like I didn't have no problems when I got up it was just like I, I guess I, that was a sign saying like you ready like it's time and just walk me through that recovery process because um torn labrums I mean that's tough you know, especially for a running back, I think about all that. That's <laughs> like, right. it's like right where all the hitting comes from. So oh, when you're thinking about the mental side, obviously the physical side, we know of what that rehab looks like. But the mental side for you day in and day out in the spring and in the summertime, you know, what kept you grounded? Really, I'm really and truly just my relationship with God, relationship with my family, my mom, you know. You know, everybody going to have those days when you're going through hard times where you just, you know, you feel like giving up. You're like, what am I doing this for? Like, stuff like that but like when you gotta when you have a good circle around you and good people that genuine people that really care about you then you know the sky's the limit because like there's no limitations on what you can really do uh, what can you just talk about the relationship with your mom it seems like she's been you know, clearly a, a big part of your life what has she taught you that you carry with you every single day she just told me like you know all you can ever do logan is is trust god that's all you can ever do even when, when times when it's not going your way, when it is going your way, be thankful. When it's not going your way, be thankful, you know, because that's just God giving you all that you need, like, to become a better man at the end of the day. So, like, really, she just really works on my character. Like, she leaves the football up to me. But character and who I am as, like, when, I, when, I, when I'm talking to people, like, who is Logan Diggs, that's how she kind of raised me. So that's what I'm thankful for. Who do you want people? How do you want people to remember you when they say, "Hey, you know, I met Logan Diggs and he, I watched him play at Notre Dame." Uh, how do you want to be remembered when they say, "Oh yeah, who is that guy? Who is Logan Diggs?" I just want people to know Logan Diggs as a as a as a great person and 
you know, a phenomenal running back in all aspects. <laughs> he can do everything, you know. He can run the ball. He can catch it. He can pass block. He can he can cut on a dime. He can play receiver. He can play special teams. Like, I just want to be, you know, the best version of me that I can be. So when people think about Logan Diggs, it's just like, oh, he left his mark. Like, he was a baller. That's how I, like, that's how I want to be a I remember when I was playing, there were these moments where I would come into spring ball, you know, and have like one or two things I wanted to really work on. You know, I was a receiver, so I thought releases or whatever. Summertime, same thing. I thought I want to work on acceleration or whatever. Fall. If you can kind of, when you said you got humbled after the Fiesta Bowl, you know, that spring, that winter, you know, what was the one thing that you were working on? And then in spring ball, what was the one thing you were working on? Could you just kind of go through each of the seasons and tell me, you know, what aspect of the game that you were working on heading into this season? So come, so come in summer. I mean, not summer. Uh, coming into the the spring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, January through like. I I was I was a little banged up after the uh, Fiesta Bowl, so my main focus was to get in my upper body bigger, stronger, and you know just doing that because I couldn't do anything lower body for a minute, and I was just working on you know getting bigger, stronger upper body to match my lower body because I have a you know a big lower body, so I was just trying to get my upper body the same size, and then. Spring, I mean, and then uh, summer came around, tore my labor. So I had to just focus on getting my legs straight, making sure my conditioning was right. Like, I was I was running, like, basically with a with a sling on. Like, I'm out there doing conditioning with the team with my arms, like, just stuck up here. And it's like I'm just running, you know, trying to make sure I'm in shape. So when it is time to come back, I will be ready. And that's what I'm most grateful for, for our training staff. Like, they kept me in shape. They kept me looking forward and, like, never back. So once the season time came and I was cleared to go, and I, you know they just put me in. I'm I'm into the rotation, you know, because I'm conditioned. I'm ready. I'm already learning football. I'm learning the plays again, and you know, reviewing everything. So I was ready to go. When you think about week to week adjustments, you know, this offense has seen it. It seems like y'all found your your stride. You're starting to put up some really nice, consistent performances. Obviously, getting in the win column. How would you describe the the current offense right now? What is the feeling when you're out there with each other? Do you feel comfortable? I feel more than comfortable because when we break that huddle and I look at my centers, my guards, and my tackles' eyes, they know. Like they look at me, they look right back at me. It's like I'm doing this for you. Like this is for like this is for us. Like we're doing this for the university, for you know, for our families. Like you can see that look in everybody's eyes. So when I look at my team and look at look at everybody in their eyes and they got that same look that I have, I know they got that same drive and that same fire in their heart. So it was like, we just about to come out and we about to attack. We about to attack for, you know, the whole game, all four quarters, 60 minutes. The offensive line was something that was like one of the, the big question marks heading into the season. And I know running backs have a close relationship with the whole line. They're like, yeah. they're like you know, the, the bread and butter for you guys. You know, how have you seen this offensive line improve week to week? Man, it's, it's really crazy. Like at practice today, me and Archer just had a moment with each other. We were like, bro. Like this old line, like they get scary. Like Coach Harry's doing a really good job with them. Like they they still out practicing, going out to practice right now. It's like twenty minutes post practice. They still going with Coach Harry right now. Like they have a nonstop motor. They 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 just want to get better. And anything Coach Harry telling them, they listen and they gonna do it. And that's you know, and we you know we learning too. Like when we talk, when they listen, when they talking and getting information from Coach Harry, we right there in his ear, seeing what what he telling them, what to do, what's gonna affect us. So it's like that relationship that all of us have in that backfield is just, it's crazy. The, the backfield. 
really oh, good. Sorry, yeah, the backfield seems like a really an amazing group. I mean, you guys have, you, know, you, you just mentioned Audrey Estime and, of course, Chris Diary as well. It seems like you guys um, have something special there. What is that secret sauce as far as just, you know, getting getting along with each other and pushing each other? How, how would you describe that running back room? Man, we just we just love each other. We all got that same goal, man. And Coach Dillon does a, a very good job of coaching us up and, you know, putting us all in a position to win, you know. So it's like it's never, ever in that room, ever, never any selfishness, never any it's, – it's just selfless in there. Everybody, when your number called, you go in there and you do your job. And Coach Dillon is still that to us. And when you go in there and you do your job, more opportunities will continue to present itself. So we all just love each other and we all just come together. And when we come on off the field, we telling each other what we see. We tell them what you could have did better. And there's never any like any any love lost. You know, everybody's open to learning and everybody open to opinions. So I think that's the biggest thing in a running back room, just having that relationship with your brothers, knowing that, you know, we all in it together. We all in it for the same, same goal, same end, end, end goal. And when you think about some of the, the running backs who have played in Notre Dame, some incredible running backs, and I always see Jerome Bettis on the sideline too. Have you had a chance to learn from any of the alumni? Yes, sir. Uh, Kyra had a really, really, really big impact on my on my future and on, on where I am now. And Jerome Bettis, I talked to Jerome Bettis a couple of times, and you know, he just gave me his wisdom of the running back position, and you know, even just life at Notre Dame. So probably Kyron and you know other people, not just running backs, you know, other alumni, but mostly Kyron and um, and Jerome Bettis. What did Kyron teach you? Kyron just t- taught me that mindset that you need to have to be a running back at the college level. Like I came in as a a good high school running back. He prepared me to be a good college running back because watching him practice every day, watching how he took, how he approached the game, watching how he, how he practiced, how he executed in the game, how it translated, just watching him and his mindset, like even in the weight room, Kyron just was, had a different mode. It was a different animal. So, I mean, I feel like he kind of, like, rubbed off on our whole running back room. And Coach Dillon, he came in and he's polishing it off. And, um, you know, this is a big week. You know, Stanford, it seems like because every time I watch a Notre Dame-Stanford game, it, like, undoubtedly comes down to, like, the last drive or the last – I mean, it's, like, crazy. It's just unbelievable, these two teams, as far as, like, it's always a game. And uh, there are a lot of big plays that Stanford leaves out on the table historically you know, this the past season. You know, when you look at this Stanford team and you're studying and stuff, you know, what is the mindset for you in that running back room heading into Saturday? We take the same approach, you know, every single week. You know, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. You know, we're going to come out and we're going to execute. We're going to do our job. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pass protect and we're going to catch the ball if needed. You know, we're just going to do our job. And, you know, Stanford's going to – always give us a good run you know they're a great team so we just got to come ready to play and now you know this is this is the indie on nbc podcast so we kind of lean into the student athlete you know side so i want to ask you more but just about your your student life on campus you know what's your major what dorm do you live in just like the notre dame intro uh all right so if i was introducing myself to a class i'm logan diggs political science major sophomore and i'm in duncan hall Mm. How do you like uh, political science? Why did you choose that major? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm really more focused on my uh, my minor, my two minors, real estate and entrepreneurship. But you know, you know, political science still can set me up to know what I need to know to when it's time to get into that business world. Yeah. Well, why, what's the what's the pull and the draw to a real estate and entrepreneurship for you? 
my family. I know my uh, my godmother is a real estate agent, and you know, watching her do it, and you know, she makes good money, and I mean, it's nice. Like I like seeing nice things. So like, so she shows people nice houses and stuff. So like, I just I just saw her liking to it, and you know, my career how I wanted to be with I when I do make it to the league, I want to invest my money, and real estate is a, you know a good way to go with land and everything. So I feel like that's really good for me. Are you involved with anything else on campus? Uh, not really, no. And just like, you know, it's one of the cool things about Notre Dame is, you know, you say you live in Duncan. Um, can you just talk about maybe about your section, some guys that you've met there? Have you been able to, to kind of like have any friendships in the dorms or in your classes that um, that you find really special? Yeah, but I probably make most of my friends like at Duncan, at, at the student center, like, you know, meeting people like that. But in my in my hall and like in my section, I was on the third floor. So like all those guys that I met, you know, every time I walk in, Hey, Logan, how was practice? You know what I'm saying? They just welcomed me like a brother. And, you know, that's all you can really ask for. That's why I love the people at Notre Dame. It's never always about football. And my last question for you, I know you're a busy guy, but I'll let you go. My last question for you is uh, favorite campus tradition so far? Favorite campus tradition? I would probably say I like going to the grotto. I like to just, you know, sit there and, you know, just meditate and just think about, you know, how far, how far you came, how far you, you know, how blessed you are to be where you at. So I just like to go, you know, share that moment and just sit there and talk to God, just, you know, meditate. Well, thank you so much, Logan. We can't wait to see you guys play at home in Stanford, one of my favorite games under the lights. Uh, can't right. wait. Thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Go Irish. Thank you, Logan. It's always so much fun for me to, to sit down and kind of hear all aspects, right? I mean, I, it's so cool to to hear how Logan was inspired by his godmother to pick up that real estate minor and uh, all the little pieces, you know, around his journey, learning from Kyron Williams and now putting it all together, coming back from the injury. I mean, can you imagine? Um, what, a, what a cool story. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to take a little bit of a, of a different turn. We are very interested and invested in tradition at Notre Dame, clearly. But how many chances? I mean, how many opportunities in a lifetime do you get to talk to the leprechaun? The answer is not that many. But thankfully for you, thankfully for me, Ryan Corey, the leprechaun, came on the show and he told us all the secrets, you know, what happens beyond the rainbow, behind the pot of gold. How do you become the leprechaun? Who knew? We know now. Take a listen. It is now my great pleasure to be interviewing Ryan Corey, the leprechaun. This is one of those things that, you know, as a Notre Dame fan, you kind of dream about, Ryan. You know, personally, I, I was around a few leprechauns being a football player there, but this is the most, like, in-depth I've ever really got into. So let's just dive right in. Why did you want to be, become the leprechaun? That's an iconic mascot. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it was actually kind of funny. So I had a couple friends that were on the cheer team uh, that I knew last year, and Pretty much, I, I had seen them repost something saying like, oh, try to be the leprechaun. So I went up to them and was like, hey, should I just like mess around and try out? And they're like, actually, yeah, do it. So <laughs> uh, kind of tried a little bit on whim. It was always something that was more like, you know, like, oh, this is a dream that would always be awesome, but something that I could never do myself. And then things just worked out and here I am. <laughs> what was the tryout like? Cause I know it's a huge deal. I mean, I went to one leprechaun tryout. It was like in this gym, standing room only. It was packed. So I mean, for you actually being a part of that, what was that like? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely pretty stressful. I'll be honest. Um, and I kind of went into it, like I said, just trying out on a whim, uh, seeing how it went. But I'd say the thing I just kept telling myself is, you know what, like if it doesn't work out, I didn't lose anything, um, but essentially it ended up being kind of a whole three-day process. Um, 
day one was kind of anybody who was trying out uh, went into a lacrosse game, had a certain amount of time on the clock just to do their thing, engage with the crowd. Um, night two was a full-fledged, like, whole tryout process where they'd give you a prompt. You have, like, three minutes to prep, little little pep rally, uh, do a little improv, uh, fake reporters, all that good stuff. And then um, the last day was kind of uh, during the blue-gold game. We had some time on the clock, very similar to the first day of just engaging with fans. So it was very intense, very involved, but I, I really enjoyed the whole process and it gave you a whole glimpse of like what you do on the job. So, yeah. Did you and your friends, you know, going into that, the improv segments are kind of the thing that jump out to me. Did you have like a, like a go-to thing, like a move or a, you know, like you already had in, in the beforehand or did you make it up on the spot? Man, um, I, for one part, it was like, like a pep rally sort of thing. So you knew like, like a couple points like that you like okay i'll go in i'll figure out something to say for like whatever prompt they give me and then i'll just run with whatever like cheers i was planning on doing anyway um but then the other improv part was like i don't know completely off the cuff just hope for the best (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, so i gotta i gotta ask about the the decision you know so how did you find out yeah, so um, there are actually technically four uh, of us leprechauns, and we all uh, kind of split games, split different sports and everything up that way. And uh, we got an email essentially after the last day of trouts that said, hey, congratulations, we would love for you to represent one of us or one of the leprechauns this year as a part of the Notre Dame cheer team. So uh, after that, we were all able to meet that night and meet all the other new cheerleaders that went through a very similar process, uh, I guess, for the cheer team. And yeah, I guess it all came together really quickly that one day. And it was just like, wow, one moment I'm just uh, the student hanging out. And the next moment I'm representing the university in a whole different way. So it was pretty cool. And you represented the university at College Game Day, right? Yes. You were there. I saw those videos. <laughs> we were actually, me, me and a producer, Morgan, were actually on, there for College Game Day. Uh, <laughs> you may have met her. And then, um, and then uh, the... Um, and then recently, of course, you know, at the, at the Shamrock series, you're at an NFL stadium doing stuff with the Blue Man Group. What is what is the the burden or, or weight or what is that responsibility like representing the university at the biggest stages in college football? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> game day was really interesting because, like, I had never really done, like, a football game or anything like that before. Like, I had done half a soccer game. And that was kind of my, like, whole experience. So I went to that. I was like, I don't know. Let's, let's give this a shot. Um, but I, the thing I always tell myself, like whenever I'm in a position where I'm like, okay, I know a lot of people are watching. Like I know really I, like this is not the time to mess up is uh, like everything I'm doing is just like I'm Catholic myself. So I just tell myself, you know, it's for God's greater glory. It's not about me. If I mess up, then like that's God messing up. That's not on me, you know? So um, just kind of framing it in that light. And in the sense of, uh, that it's not really my own work that I'm doing. It it, it definitely humbles it a little bit. So it's kind of cool. Did you ever have, um, you know, because for football players, when we're about to go out there, there, there are times you can get a little nervous, right? You know, but it's your job to like hype everyone else up. Are there, <laughs> are there moments of nerves going into one of these big games? Like let's say college game to your first football game and it's a top five matchup. Do you get nervous? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, kind of, I guess the biggest thing I thought was like, man, just don't, trip on the flag you know when you're running out that's that's the biggest thing I was uh kind of stressed but no uh part of it nerves come a lot before the game but then once you're in the moment and once you're hyping everybody up it's like all right like I'm in the zone now I, I I'm focused up so yeah 
What, what was the most electric moment you think? I, mean, I know we're only you know halfway or so through the season <laughs> right around, but is there one moment where you think this pep rally or this moment on the field is kind of in my upper echelon of leprechaun moments for, for myself? Wow. Um, man, making me think on this one for a little bit here. I, I would say like that first win at home when we were playing Cal this season, that was something really special. And kind of being able to do the alma mater, I, I after the game, I swapped my Leprechaun hat for one of the players' helmets. Um, but kind of that feeling of being able to look at look up at all the students and just, you know, I, I grew up a Notre Dame fan, and I was always like, man, how cool is it going to be when I get to sit in the student section? And then when I was looking at that from the field, it was like, wow, this is a whole, like, different experience I was never expecting. So that was probably when it really clicked, and I was like, this is this is something huge. Yeah, I just got chills. Uh, so thinking <laughs> back to, I, I know you said you grew up a Notre Dame fan. You work at the the admissions office, right? I mean, you're a tour guide. Uh, what has been your Notre Dame experience like so far? You know, pre-Leprechaun, you're in Dillon Hall, is that correct? Yes, sir. Dillon Hall, smartest, strongest, humblest. It's okay to be jealous. You know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> we always have, always have to plug it. Um, yeah, so I actually worked uh, – my sophomore, so I'm a junior right now. Last year, I worked for Fighting Irish Media. That was kind of a big thing I was really involved in. And I kind of worked as a cameraman, like, at the games. So I was always filming, like, volleyball, basketball, especially a lot. And um, with those, I kind of started to be, like, really close to the last Leprechaun, Pat, or Gabe, and the other guys. And I started realizing, like, man, this is really fun getting a hype of a crowd like this. So I think that was part of the reason that I ended up uh, – trying out as well. But I guess the best way to describe everything else I do on campus, it, it feels like it's all about conveying Notre Dame to other people, whether that's like filming sports and being able to share that across like different media platforms, or whether that's in admissions, talking about why Notre Dame is so great, why should students apply here? Um, it's all just trying to share the little bit of the magic that is Notre Dame that I'm sure you are well aware of as well. But that, that little secret was really something special. How how would you describe that secret, the magic of Notre Dame? Man, ah, uh, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, that's the hard part is putting words on it. But I, I guess the best I could come to is just uh, the idea of a Notre Dame family and the idea of everybody always being there to support each other, and that Notre Dame is all about loving each other and doing so as much as you can. So I think when you get get to see that in athletics or admissions or whatever the light might be. That's what makes the difference, you know. And then I, I know, obviously, being the leprechaun, you have so many parts of you know the the tradition. You're like, actually, you are a tradition, which is kind of crazy. But do you have a favorite campus tradition that's not yourself? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an interesting question there, <laughs> man. Um, okay, so one I kind of liked a lot. This is like such a niche thing too. Um, the first like major snowfall that we have of winter. There's a big snowball fight on South Quad. It's kind of like North Quad versus South Quad. But I came from Arizona, so I like like there's no snow there. Um, but I don't know. The first time that happened, I was like in shock, and then ever since then, I like it's it's been one of the coolest experiences. So, random little tradition, but I, I, I love that thing. So yeah, yeah. And there were always snipers up on Dylan and alumni. I remember. There, there are. Oh yeah, it gets violent out there. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, I want to go into the actual game day because a lot of our fans, you know, they follow in football. They, they see the walk, they know the mass, and they go play football. What is your game day like? Sure. So, um, typically for like most of our games, kick off at around two thirty. So we'll meet with the cheer team uh, around nine o'clock. 
we'll go warm up in the stadium, move equipment over, uh, just kind of get get loose for the day, get in the right mindset. Um, and that still is like one of the craziest things. Like, oh, we're just gonna casually walk onto the Notre Dame football field. I'm like, oh, nice. All right. <laughs> um, so after that, we'll uh, head back to our locker rooms, uh, change. That's when I like get into the suit and everything. And then the first thing that we'll do, I guess, uh, as a cheer team or as Leprechaun for game day, we'll be going to Marcus Freeman's um, victory march. So that's kind of like the new player walk where they're coming from the Basilica. They have a little pep rally outside the stadium before they head in. Um, so I'll do that. I'll kind of tee him up, um, let, let that roll. After that, we'll go typically to a couple different tailgates around campus. So usually we'll actually have about three different leprechauns active on a game day, just spread all across campus at different uh, events and engaging different donors, fans, et cetera. Um, So once we wrap that up, we'll double back, have lunch, and then uh, head to step off uh, where kind of the band will march from the dome over to the stadium. And from there, that's uh, pretty much right into the game. So, yeah. When you're running out of the tunnel, because um, few people have run, you know, have run out of the tunnel, if you really think about it. And yeah. um, as a player, that was always one of the the most, I don't know, it's a special thing. So for you, how would you put into words the feeling of running out in front of 80,000 fans? Like, how, do, how do you even come close to, to putting that into words? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely, once I had learned that like I would have that opportunity, I'd set a countdown on my phone and I was like, all right, 125 days away, you know, et cetera. And just started, started letting it go down. But um, I think the best way to describe it is like, it, it almost feels like that moment's just blacked out from my memory, you know, like I'm, I'm right there. I'm exactly right on the field. And then all of a sudden it's just over. It has happened. Um, but it, it's definitely one of the most special things, especially growing up a Notre Dame football fan. Um, you get to make that difference and you get to have an impact on people's lives like that. So it's really cool. What, what, what were your parents' reactions when you called them and said, Hey mom, Hey dad, I, I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were pretty excited. Um, they were pretty surprised uh, a little bit. <laughs> um, really? Well, I, I guess before I tried out, I'd called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, I'm thinking about like trying out for this thing. What do you think? And she pretty much was like, well, you can't do a flip, so good luck. But I was like, all right, thanks. Um, but yeah, no, they, they were they were ecstatic. And my dad, like, he, he raised me bleeding golden blue, like driving to Costco on Saturday mornings. He would be playing the fight song, blasting the victory march, et cetera. So um, they were very excited. And my dad especially was excited to hear he had a reason to come out to South Bend for all the games this year. But and then the, the uh, I know I've seen Pat, the, the former leprechaun, Patrick, uh, he was on a commercial for March Madness. You know, it's just kind of like crazy. So what happens post post football season, uh, you know, for, for the leprechaun? Just help us get through that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I guess the way it works. So we have four of us. Right. And we all just kind of have divvied up different sports that we cover. So uh, I guess once football is over, we move on to the next sport. So basketball. And then after that, for me, softball. Um, but we'll just kind of keep rolling through different events, different seasons and, uh, engage at campus however we can, especially in the spring. Like there's not as much going on a little bit once football or once basketball season's over. So we have that opportunity to kind of like go to more dorm events, go to more campus events and start hyping up clubs that way. But that's something we're trying to be a lot more intentional about this year is like, how can we use our image? How can we use the platform that we have to build up other groups on campus? So. 
And I know you're a finance major. What what is next for Ryan Corey? You know, like let's say in, I know you're junior, but like down the road, what would you like to do? Yeah. Um, frankly, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, like you said, finance major, I'm a real estate minor and I'm kind of just, all I've really learned is that I love engaging people. I love kind of having the ability to give other people the gift of something that they might have otherwise not had. So I think business is a great way to do that and figuring out what side of business, whether that's in sports or whether that's more like on the marketing finance side, that is, um, it's really exciting. So got a little bit of a actual searching to do, but that's, yeah. that's a general gist for sure. But I mean, I think the, the, the resume is going to stand above everyone else around there. I see the leprechaun I'm like, Oh, leprechaun. <laughs> I, but, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time, Ryan. Congratulations on living the dream. Notre Dame fan who becomes leprechaun. Uh, keep bringing us wins. Will you? Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Corey. Yeah. Make NBC sports predictor a pregame ritual every week. Play Irish Pick'em for free and have a chance to win $10,000 each week. Rush the end zone and download NBC Sports Predictor app today on the App Store and Google Play Store. Thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, what a pleasure that was. So when we think about where the season stands right now, we're in an interesting position. Stanford's coming off of a four-loss streak. It's not, a, it's not a good place to be. Notre Dame's in a three-game win streak. Great place to be. Uh, but this rivalry, first of all, means a lot to me because every single Stanford game I've ever seen has always come down to like the very end, just like I told Logan. It just is crazy. There's something about these two teams when they match up, anything can happen. Records go out the window. It just becomes elemental. Then you add in the lights and the moment, prime time, you know, Coach David Shaw is going to get his team ready to play. He's been here plenty of times before. You don't have to look very far in the past to see those great, great Stanford teams. So the culture is there. Team's not performing right now. They only have one win this season, and they haven't beaten FBS team uh, since last season, which should give you a little bit of relief heading into this weekend, considering that Notre Dame is starting to get more and more and more comfortable. Um, but the biggest takeaway for me is can we continue to see this Notre Dame team gel? If this is the case week to week, we've seen it from Cal to BYU just recently, if we can see then take the next step in a rivalry game prime time and continue to, to build, then we might be in for something pretty special. I don't know how special you can get with two losses, but right now it seems like there is a renewed vigor and confidence around that Notre Dame team that might take them the distance. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm an optimistic person, but look for big plays against Stanford. Their defense gives up a lot. We'll be back next week with reactions to the matchup of Stanford and preview Notre Dame's next game, uh, a home game against UNLV. So be sure to download and subscribe to the Notre Dame on NBC podcast on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcasts. Go Irish. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.